0: We just got tired of what to a boy. little man.
2: DFF it Nation. Right what is up? What is happening? We are back again with another week. We are on to week five. We're going to be breaking down DraftKings Week 5 main slate, as always, as we go position by position like we always do. But before we get started,
3: Matty, how are you doing tonight? How are you feeling about this week? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Uh, hopefully this Thursday night game isn't any indication of what's to come for this weekend with all the injuries we've seen. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson leaving the game early, but uh, I'm glad to get Week 4 behind us. Week 4 was a uh, a brutal week for me, so... Excited to move on to week five.
2: Yeah, it was a little rough. A little rough. Was it, uh, you know, the old uh, the old um, showdown slate continues to carry me. So that's good. Uh, continues to, uh, you know, make my weeks. So, but, the, you know, the main slate's been okay. But, you know, it is what it is. But we are a forward-thinking podcast. No reason to uh, harp on last week. So why don't we just jump right into it? So, Starting off at the quarterback position, you know, this week we do not have Lamar Jackson. We do not have Josh Allen, nor do we have Patrick Mahomes on this slate because they play on Sunday night and uh, Monday night football. So as of right now, you have the top uh, price quarterback. That's Kyler Murray at 8K going against San Francisco. Tom Brady at 7,400. Aaron Rodgers at 7,100. Jalen Hurts at 7K going against Carolina. Dak Prescott, who's probably going to be the most expensive or most owned quarterback on the slate at 6,900. Herbert at 6,800. Sam Darnold at 6,600. Kirk Cousins, 65. Ryan Tannehill, 64. Derek Carr at 61. Joe Burrow at 61. And Daniel Jones at 6K. So, where are you looking to start your builds this
3: week in terms of the quarterback position? Assuming Trey Lance isn't going to be insanely popular, uh, $5,700 for Trey Lance against Arizona uh, feels like where I'm going to start my builds pretty much for the most part this week. Um, I mean, that's just too cheap. And and the guy came in and absolutely smashed in only one half of football last week. Uh, I mean, he's, he's your Konami code, uh, dual threat quarterback and playing against Arizona. He's going to be forced to, to do it all from the quarterback position. I mean, he had 18 pass attempts and seven rush attempts last week and in, in one half a play and finished with 20 DraftKings points. So $5,700 is just too too cheap in that kind of game environment. Uh, for a team that you know is still struggling to have healthy running backs, so uh, definitely look for him to have a lot of designed runs uh, and, and use his explosive arm down the field. We saw him connect with Debo a couple times. Um, so I think that, you know, it's a pretty easy stack to just load up with Debo or Kittle. Um and you got the Arizona side on the other side of the ball. I really like that. I just like that game as a whole. So uh definitely like Lance. And I know it's weird to kind of start down at the, the lower end of the, the uh, pricing range, but uh, you know, that's the, the first guy that really stands out for me this week. Uh, outside of that, I do like Joe Burrow at 6,100 uh, that you read off just a second ago. Uh, we're expecting Joe Mixon to miss this game. And, you know, with, with, p ryan and chris evans being the main two guys in that offense uh to run the football i think joe burrow is going to be asked to throw a little bit more and they should be getting t higgins back this week as well so you're looking at a full complement of pass pass catching weapons for joe burrow against a green bay defense that is absolutely abysmal um and that game's really easy to stack up to, especially running it back with Devontae adams on the other side so uh i really like joe burrow here uh and then the, the Giants-Cowboys game is is definitely a good one that a lot of people are going to attack. It's just going to be very popular. So uh, definitely, you know, like that game there. Won't go too much into that because that's pretty much the obvious one this week. And then I like Tom Brady uh, in what should be a pace-up game against a Miami, Miami team that's actually been put, playing pretty fast this year. Uh, and we know Tampa Bay's defense is, is very, very bad uh, against the pass. So I mean they're they're down to like their third and fourth string cornerbacks and they're signing guys off the street. I mean Richard Sherman just came in and after being in street clothes for how long and and started last week. So uh that that's the point that their cornerbacks have reached with uh they had Carlton Davis who's now out for you know multiple weeks on IR with a quad injury. And so uh they've they've got some really bad cornerbacks coming into play there. Uh and so I, I think that, you know, the Dolphins should be able to move keep up pace on the other side, you know, attacking with Jalen Waddle and, and Devontae Parker and, and Mike Gesicki. So uh I really like that game as well. So those are pretty much the three stacks outside of that giants Dallas game that, that I think I'm going to key on for the most part. What about you?
2: <clears throat> yeah, I think for me, when it comes to uh, kind of looking at some of these quarterbacks, you know, I really, you know, you kind of mentioned uh, some of these games, but the, uh, the Aaron Rodger, the Green Bay-Cincinnati game, I think, is going to be a game that gets overlooked a little bit where maybe some people just want to play some pieces but not really game-stack this game. And I think that's a mistake um, right now with Green Bay at Cincinnati. And, you know, right now it looks like that Joe Mixon is going to be out. So I think that probably forces... Uh, the bagels to throw the ball or to throw the ball even more so than what they've what we've seen from them. And whether you want to play Aaron Rodgers or you'd rather play Joe Mixon or Joe Mixit, uh, Joe Burrow, I definitely think both of them are viable. I like Aaron Rodgers at 7,100. If you look at Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, since week one, he has you know, really kind of uh, taken a step forward, uh, since that abysmal week one game against New Orleans. Uh, You know, since week one, he has posted two top eight performances, and he also has thrown at least two passing touchdowns in every game since. Uh, He's also 21st, but he's, you know, with him only being 21st in attempts, he is 14th in air yards and fourth in deep ball attempts as well. And like, you know, since he, I've been hearing a lot of talk this week about since he's defense and about how, good they are or you know how well they played so far but they really haven't faced many great offenses i mean they placed pittsburgh the bears and you know the 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 jaguars right so far in the last three weeks of the season so since week one against minnesota so i don't think they've seen an offense you know like this like you know like this green bay offense can get so i like aaron Rodgers, and if he's going to have no ownership you know i'm about that life because aaron Rodgers, we know you know he does not have the same rushing upside that he used to But I still think that, you know, he is somebody with this type of ceiling that could throw four or five passing touchdowns. And I think this game could end up being a real big shootout here. So I like both sides of the ball, you know, attacking this game. And I don't think it's going to have the ownership as it should. Because I think most people are going to attack this Dallas Dallas Giants game. I mean, I can see that going so many different directions. And what has to worry me a little bit about Dak is – if they can get a lead on the Giants, they're gonna run the ball. That's what they've been doing this year. Uh they they're 20th in pass attempts, 22nd in deep ball uh completion percentage so for Dak this year, 22nd in air yards, but he is third in touchdowns. He has a seven and a half percent touchdown rate, and he's just been incredibly, incredibly efficient on the year because the attempts aren't there, they haven't had to throw the ball, and but he's just in terms of the touchdowns, what's carrying him? Um he has scored uh, three of the four games. He scored twenty plus DK points, but he has a seventy eight percent completion percentage and is fifth in both uh, play action and red zone completion percentage over that uh, you know over that span. But now they do have the second highest implied point total on the slate, and the Giants uh, are twenty fourth and past EVOA uh, and have allowed the tenth most DK points to the position. But you know, I so I I am a little nervous about Dak because, like I said, if they get a lead, they will they're going to run Zeke down their throat. That's what they've been doing. And so that's my only concern with playing Dak. Like, I think that, you know, you need the Giants to to pull them along or push them to make them air it out. Because if they don't, uh, you know, I think this game could turn a different direction because the Cowboy defense has played pretty well so far this year. And uh, I think much higher than what people thought it would. So um, that is my concern there. And if it's going to be the highest owned, you know, if Dak Prescott's going to come in as the highest owned or uh, Daniel Jones, like I'm going to pivot. And so – Because I just think that game could go – a lot of different directions. I also like Jalen Hurts at 7K. You know, he has that Konami code upside as well. He is currently second in carries among all running backs, but also second in rush yards with 226. He does only have one rushing touchdown, so I think there's going to be some positive uh, regression coming there. But he's averaging 25.3 DK points on the season because of that rushing upside, and he's 7K. Now, now, granted, the Carolina defense has been really good. They they currently rank 5th in pass DVOA and 8th in rush DVOA. But with his rushing upside, I like Jalen Hurts every single week because of what he brings to the table with that. Past that, like you know, I, I think Trey Lance, if if he's going to go under-owned and no one's going to play him, then I'll have interest in Trey Lance. But if he gets up to like 20 25% ownership, I'm going to be out on that. Because while he has that rushing upside for sure, I am nervous about him as a passer because – One, this defense is really good that they're going to be playing, especially this pass defense in Arizona. Two, he looked terrible as a passer last week. Now it was just a half a football and a really small sample size. But that play he hit to Debo, if it hadn't been – you know, he wasn't so wide open, that would have been a a really, really bad play because he majorly underthrew him. It just happened to be nobody around him whatsoever. But if nobody's going to play him because of his rushing upside and he's only 5,700, I don't mind playing him. I like Trevor Lawrence at 5,800, who's who's a little bit more expensive than he is, but he gets Tennessee. Tennessee's defense is absolutely trash, and you know we just saw Zach Wilson, you know, play really well against that defense after Zach Wilson had looked lost up to that point. So. I like Trevor Lawrence as well in this game, and I think it's a cheap stack. Whether you want to go with Marvin Jones or you want to go with Lavisca Chenault, and he did finally show some rushing upside that we knew he had last week against the Bengals on Thursday night. So I do like Trevor Lawrence as well at that price. If I'm going to pay down a, tie, a quarterback, are you interested at all in Ryan Tannehill at 6400? Are you staying away from that because it's probably going to be where they're just going to run um, where they're going to run Derek Henry down the floor? Because
3: it does sound like AJ Brown will be back this week. Yeah, no, I can't play Ryan Tannehill. Uh, that that offense has just been completely different in terms of offensive, co- like from an offensive coordinator standpoint, because they did change OCs. Um, they've completely gone away from play action pass, and uh, it's been more of a you know just straight up pass kind of offense. And, and I don't think that fits the pieces that they have, especially with Derrick Henry, you know, being uh, your your main guy in the backfield. So I'm off Tannehill. I just I just have concerns about that offense as a whole. I mean, they struggled to beat, they didn't even beat the jets last week. Uh, and I know that game went to overtime, but um, the, that game shouldn't have been that close. And I know they were without, you know, AJ Brown and Julio Jones, but if you're just getting AJ Brown back, I mean, that, that doesn't do you much better than what you had last week. Uh, I mean, yes, he is a significant upgrade over what they ran out there, but I mean, just one guy, is not going to change the entire game like, like that? So uh, I, you know, I definitely have concern uh, playing those guys in Tennessee and, and Derek Henry. You know, we can talk about it at running back, but he's going to be the highest on running back once again. So uh, definitely an interesting spot there. And I just want to piggyback off your Jalen Hurts call. I definitely like that. Uh, Carolina, while their metrics check out good, they started the year off with um, they faced Jameis Winston. They have faced Davis Mills. And in week one, they also played somebody terrible, and it is slipping my mind at the second. Uh, It was – oh, the Jets, yes. So Zach Wilson and the Jets in his first game as an NFL QB. So you've got Jets, New Orleans, and and Houston with a backup QB. So three teams that are going to be bottom of the barrel in terms of offensive production. And then Dallas goes out last week, and uh, Dak was like the most efficient quarterback on the slate and barely threw the ball but threw, what, four touchdowns, five touchdowns. Uh, And and the ground game just absolutely obliterated Carolina. So uh, they finally faced a good offense in Dallas. And Dallas absolutely demolished them and and put up, you know, almost 40 points against them last week. So definitely, you know, this may be a spot to take advantage of an offense playing against that Carolina defense while they still have red numbers next to their name. So um, I, I definitely like that call a lot.
2: Yeah, and I don't even really mind, uh, you know, going on the other side of that and playing Sam Darnold as well. Um, it yep. sounds like Christian McCaffrey's got to play. He practiced again today. He practiced Wednesday. He practiced today. All reports that he looks great. He feels great. Uh, they, you know, they, they they talked to him today after practice, so they said he, he feels good. He's ready to go. Um, you know, the uh, Matt Rule said that they're going to test him out pregame on on Sunday, and you know, if if he's ready to go, you know, he's going to be back out there. So I like Sam Darnold as well. Like Sam Darnold has done a really good job so far this year. I mean, I don't think anybody uh, expected him to play as well as he has. I mean, he has scored. He has not scored less than 20 DK points in any week of the season. He scored 36 last week, 28 the week before 22 and 20. So, I I mean, the guy just continues to rack up rushing touchdowns as well. Uh, It's been pretty insane. And on D on a site like DK, you know, rushing touchdowns go a long way because, you know, you get that six point touchdown. So, I don't mind Sam Darnold either because I, I like the, you know, the weapons that are there. And I guess if you don't have any other quarterback to talk about, I think we could move on to running back. Cause that'll lead us into running backs.
3: Yeah. We can go ahead and, and move over. All right.
2: So at running back this week, you know, we have Derek Henry, who is the highest priced running back. And I think, you know, heading into the week, my initial thought was he's going to be chalk. Everybody's going to play him. He's they're going against Jacksonville. He destroys Jacksonville every time you play him. Um, and he's 9K, then you have Christian McCaffrey, who's only 8,700, which is way, way too cheap for him. But now it looks like he's going to play. And then you have Alvin Kamara at 8,600, Dalvin Cook at 84, Aaron Jones at 79, Eckler at 76, Saquon Barkley at 73, and Zeke at 7K in this you know upper, upper tier. And if, if Christian McCaffrey plays at 8,700, you just fucking lock him in. You know, lock him in everywhere you go. Because this is a guy who his floor is so high. It is it is ridiculous. And I can't remember the exact stat. And I talked about this last night on our other show that we do. And I think it's since 2019. When he's played, he has never finished. He has not finished lower than RB8 on the week. That is ridiculous. It's insane. And yeah. so... With him at 87, you just have to lock him in. You just lock him in there, you know. And it, So is is that what you're doing if he plays? You're just locking him in?
3: Oh, absolutely. Uh, with the hamstring injury, it, it's such a, a delicate injury, right? Um, you know, it's something you can re-injure pretty easily if, if you rush back too early. So if he is coming back and he's going to play, you know, I would think that he's pretty much as good as good and healthy as he's going to be for the rest of the year. Uh, because, you know, he's not going to have any time off, you know, until a bye week. So, um, you know, the, and they had originally said that, that they were expecting him to miss two weeks. So that this, and, and he got hurt in a Thursday game. So, I mean, it, it's not really that far off the timeline they were expecting. Uh, so yeah, it's 8,700, anything under 9k for McCaffrey is just go ahead and lock him in. <clears throat>
2: I absolutely agree. Uh, I I just think you're just not going to be able to get away with that. You know, uh, who are some other running backs uh, that you are looking at here? Because, man, I want to play Dalvin Cook so bad. 8,400. It feels like he can absolutely smash that prize. And against Detroit. Detroit is absolutely horrendous. But Dalvin Cook has not practiced Wednesday or Thursday. Um, He's been non-participant so far this week. But – They've already talked about him and basically have said that he does not have to practice to play, and he wants to play through this injury that he has his ankle injury. But this seems really, really – I I don't think he's going to have high ownership because of it. Because if you look at him last week, I mean, he only rushed the ball nine times. He did have six targets in that game against Cleveland, which is one of the best – you know, one of the best defenses, especially the defensive fronts you're going to see all year. But, you know, with with him missing practice, like, are you going to play Dalvin Cook?
3: No, he only played 49% of the snaps last week. Um, and I know you just touched on his rushing volume. So he was involved in the pass game, which kind of saved him from a fantasy perspective a little bit. But only playing 49% of the snaps, that is, that is a red flag for a guy who typically sees 80. So I, I, at that high price tag, I can't, you know, sure. I mean, he could burn me, but the, just the likelihood of it happening, I, it's its less likely than it normally would be. Um, and, and I think, honestly, he's going to be – more popular than we think he's gonna be because people see Detroit and they're they're gonna play Dalvin against Detroit. So I I'm, I'm out on that.
2: Yeah, it's tough because like I said, uh, you know, it's just a great incredible matchup, but I, I don't know how this is gonna go. And I mean if he's only gonna play, you know, limited snaps, he's not gonna play his full complement of work uh, you know, workload. Um I just think at that price tag it's it's a little bit too risky to play him. Um
3: who are some other running backs you're interested in? Uh, I really like Saquon. I mean, it was, I feel like it was just two weeks ago, you know, we were talking about Saquon needed to show us, uh, it was before the Atlanta game, actually, that Saquon needed to show us, uh, you know, that he was going to have a pass game involvement because ever since Eli left and, and Daniel Jones came around, you know, his pass game involvement, you know, kind of plummeted and he's coming back off that injury and hadn't really been given a full workload, of, a complement of snaps and and carries and targets and all that. And Finally, the last two weeks he's seen he had 23 uh, opportunities in week three, and then 19 opportunities last week. He's got 13 targets in the last two weeks. Uh, Dallas is is bottom of the barrel in run defense. They ranked 23rd in adjusted line yards, 26th in second level yards, and 26th in open field yards. And we just saw Saquon demolish this New Orleans defense uh, just last week. That you know is a top five run defense. Um, so. It doesn't get much better for Saquon, especially with a, a Giants offense that's pretty much banged up uh, at the wide receiver position as well. So uh, maybe that's what's contributed to his target share going up. But I, I definitely like Saquon here. And he's going to go overlooked because, you know, his price tag has creeped up over 7K, 7,300. Um, and, and I think a lot of people around that price tag are just going to play Zeke Elliott for for 300 less. So um, I definitely like Saquon up there. And then from there, scrolling down, you know, I think James Robinson is interesting. Uh, Carlos Hyde was inactive last week, and we finally got to see, you know, main uh, what James Robin- Robinson can do in a main role. And he got uh, 20 opportunities last week, and and had 21 opportunities two weeks ago. So he's finally starting to get back to that role that he had last year. And he's only uh, 6K against Tennessee. And then you keep scrolling down. I think Kareem Hunt is really interesting at 5800 against the Chargers. Uh, You know him and him and Chubb have pretty much been splitting the work right down the middle. He's got double digit carries in in three straight games, uh, eleven targets in his last two games. The Chargers are the worst run defense in the NFL, and Baker Mayfield is playing through a torn labrum in his left shoulder. And so, any excuse for for Cleveland to lean on the run, I think that they will do that. And and the reason that you know I kind of like Hunt over Chubb is because Chubb has had zero pass game involvement. I mean, none. So he has to get you 120 yards and two touchdowns for him to even sniff the optimal lineup um, on a weekly basis, because he just, he's literally getting zero or one targets a game. So uh, I like Kareem hunt for that reason, because he is the pass catching running back and and he's seeing, you know, four, four, seven, like he's getting good targets. Uh, to go with double-digit carries against this defense that's awful against the running back position. So I really like him. And then uh, Damian Williams at 5600 against the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders are are have been pretty bad against the run. They rank 14th in adjusted line yards, but they come in at 23rd and against and sec- allowing second level yards and 30th in open field yards. So they are allowing a lot of big plays to the running back position. And there is going to be nobody that comes in the game behind Damian Williams. I'm expecting it to be his backfield uh, for this game with Montgomery being out. So Damian Williams at 5,600 in a good matchup against Las Vegas. Uh, And, and, you know, with Justin Fields, you know, we saw Montgomery have a big game last week with Justin Fields in there. And that's kind of what we touched on last week as well, is that when you have a, a really good mobile quarterback like Fields, it opens up running lanes for the running back as well. Uh, it kind of hinders the the, the checkdowns because the quarterback will tend to take off and run sometimes, but it, it opens up the running lanes because the linebackers and defensive ends have to uh, hold and recognize that, that the quarterback has rushing potential and they can't just fully commit to the running back. So I like Damian Williams a good amount this week, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on him because I'm assuming he's going to be somewhat popular. He right. was – Right now, he's not coming in at, at high ownership, but I think that, that that's going to change.
2: I think it worries me a little bit because I think that I know they love Khalil Herbert. And I think there's a chance that Damian Williams kind of stays in a similar role than what he was in. And Khalil Herbert soaks up the early down work. And Damian Williams you know takes more on the third down pass catching work in this game. Because if you look at last week, now it wasn't too many. I think it was twelve snaps is all they really played uh, without David Montgomery once he went down. Uh, Khalil Herbert played five of those twelve snaps, and Damian Williams played seven. So it was pretty close. Now it's very very thin, right? And it's very very you know we're talking about a you know a twelve snap sample size, so that we can't really draw too much from that. But I do think Khalil Herbert is going to be involved here in this offense, and I think that we could probably be sharing something like a 50% touch share. And so that's what would worry me, I think, the most.
3: Yeah. And, and my, I guess my counter argument to that would be, was the game already completely out of hand? Uh, I, I would assume it was because they won by double digit points uh, over Detroit last week. Um, so I wonder if that helped contribute to the snaps that Herbert saw, but, um, I mean, Williams has had a role even with Monty being healthy. Uh, sure, he's not
2: know. going anywhere.
3: You know, I, yeah. I, I still I still think he can even be, maybe it's it's a 50-50 or more of a, you know, 55-60-40
2: split. I think it's possible.
3: See, I think on my end, I, I think I think I see it closer to like an 80-20 because Williams, you know, he can catch passes. He can run the ball. He can do it all. And, and we've seen him have success, uh, you know, when he was the main guy in Kansas City. Now, granted, playing... Playing in the Kansas city offense is a little different than playing in the Chicago offense, but, um, but even he, then, like, he can carry the load.
2: Yeah. But I mean, but he never, he never carried the ball like that either in Kansas city. I mean, it was, I mean, it was, it was more of a, I mean, he was the starter for sure, but um, I mean, he wasn't out there getting, you know, 80% of the uh, touch. It was more like 60%. Um, and so I think that's likely more where he comes in at, but I don't mind it. I I, if his ownership's not going to be high, I, I don't think it's a, a crazy play. But it's just like play him at 5,600 or why not just play James Robinson at 6K? I mean, James Robinson Mm -hmm. is my favorite running back on the slate. Like I think he smashes this week. You know, he's getting 72% of the opportunities at this backfield. He's being heavily utilized as as a pass catcher as well. A 12.5% target share for James Robinson. He's run 80 routes to six most among all uh running backs right now and so you know he's looked really good he's 11th in evaded tackles and so I like James Robinson in a, in a matchup against Tennessee I, I I think he smashes this week and so you know at 6k like it's gonna be really hard for me not to have an absolute metric fuck ton of, of James Robinson because the matchup is there even if they fall behind he's gonna be utilized as a pass catcher. So, I like James Robinson at his price, and it's going to be really hard to get away from there. And then not even dismissing him. I also think DeAndre Swift is definitely in play uh, at 6,100. Um, I know he was limited today with a groin injury, but I, it sounds like he's going to play. And we talk about you know how bad some defenses are. Minnesota is terrible against the run. They are uh, 30th in adjusted line yards, and they are 30th in second level and open field, right? And so Minnesota has been awful against the run. And so I think DeAndre, this sets up for a really big game for DeAndre Swift, utilizes a pass catcher as well, and he's only 6,100. Like I feel like, Joe, like DeAndre Swift should be more expensive than this. Now he has been kind of hit or miss, um, where it's kind of been every other week where he's he's kind of went off, and then he comes back to earth, and then he goes off again the next week. But at 6,100 in a matchup against uh, Minnesota, I liked, I like DeAndre Swift as well in the 6K range.
3: Yeah, no, I definitely like Swift as well. Um, His pass game involvement is just too good to ignore on a site like DraftKings uh, where it's full PBR. Um, I mean, 11, 5, 7, and 6 targets at the running back position is pretty dang good. And then you're going to likely get double-digit carries or close to it. Um, In a year where running back has been absolutely abysmal, uh, in terms of production and, you know, guaranteed volume on a week to week basis, I, I I definitely think that Swift is in play here.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess I guess before we jump over to the wide receivers. Um, are you playing some J P. Ryan? It sounds like Joe Mixon is out going against Green Bay. Like, no. I don't know how, how involved he's going to be as
3: a pass catcher
2: at all, but he won't be.
3: Gotta... It'll be Chris Evans. But right. Like the third down guy.
2: I mean last week he played 26% of the snaps, he had three carries, he ran six routes, one target, one reception. Um but he's only 4K. Like do you view him as a free square?
3: No, absolutely not. Like like we always talk about, you know, everybody sees 4K and and starting running back and and things like that and and they just completely throw out the window the fact that your running back still has to get you, you know, 20 to 25 fantasy points, even at that 4k price for you to be starting to be in the consideration for taking down tournaments. And I just don't see how P Ryan burns me. Like he's in the, he's in the style of play as Nick Chubb, right? Like if he's not going to get any targets or, or very minimal, then he has to go for a hundred yards and two touchdowns just to sniff 26 DraftKings points. And I think that, you know, I'm going to take my chances that that doesn't happen.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would agree. Um, uh, I, I don't especially think
3: if he's is. picking up ownership, which I'm sure he will. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe not because people there's a, there are six K running backs that we just talked about, like Swift and Robinson. So you might not need the 4k running back this week to, you know, jam in the, the studs that you want to play. But, um, if he's popular, that's even more so of a reason, but I, I just, I just can't see him burning me if I don't play him.
2: I don't either. I don't know how involved he's going to be as a pass catcher anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, He's not really known to be a pass-catching running back. So I think that he's certainly, um, you know, depending on how this game script goes, you know, he's got to be probably the lead back. But I just don't know how much he's utilized as a pass catcher. But I am I am
3: kind of interested to see what his ownership is going to come in at only 4K. But my My guess is it's going to be, I'd say, somewhere around the 10% range.
2: Yeah, I think that's probably right. I think you're probably right on that. I don't think he's going to be somebody who gets up to, you know,
3: yeah, because he's not he's not like a hyped up player, but he's you know, he is going to be in that starting running back role. So I think just from that, he will garner some, some ownership, but I don't think it's going to get out of, out of control. So other than that, like, I don't I
2: don't really have any other running backs that I want to talk about, you know, other because, you know, I'm not going to. So I guess for me, like, you know, it's Christian McCaffrey. I'm probably going to play him as much as I possibly can. I love Saquon. I love that call that you made with him. Ezekiel uh, Elliott is definitely in play against, against, the, Gi- against the Giants, especially still he, when he's only 7K. Um, Nick Chubb. I, I don't mind Nick Chubb at 5,700. You're right. He does not catch passes, and it makes him a little bit more of a thinner play. And he had, definitely has a lower ceiling than some of these guys do. But the Chargers are terrible against the run, and Nick Chubb could go mm-hmm. crazy in this game. Uh, so I don't mind Nick Chubb at 6,700. And then, you know, past that, it's the other guys. DeAndre Swift and James Robinson are the running backs that I really uh, want uh, action on I you know yeah I guess the other guy I guess I, I guess I should mention really quickly is Damian Harris I don't mind him he's only 5,500 he's not going to be involved much as a pass catcher but this is a great matchup against Houston Houston has actually been surprisingly pretty good against the pass it's to the, get the, the run that, that they've really really struggled with so I don't mind Damian Harris at the price of 5,500 dollars in a matchup that they should be heavily, heavy favorites. They're big, they're, they're, they're heavy favorites in this game. So I think I'll kind of all lines for Damian Harris that kind of have a big game here. And so I don't mind Damian Harris, but uh, that would probably be the list for me of running backs that I'm looking to play. Do you have anybody else you want to jump over to wide receiver?
3: Nope. I'm pretty much on the same guys uh, for the most part this week.
2: Okay. So wide receiver, we have Devontae Adams, surprise, surprise, at 8,200. You have Justin Jefferson at 7,700. You have DeAndre Hopkins at 7,600. DJ Moore, 7,500. It's about time they finally decide to price him up. Then you have Terry McLaurin at 7,400. Mike Williams at 7,200. Debo Samuel at 71. Mike Evans at 68. Julio Jones, 6,700. Adam Thielen at 66. Deontay at sixty five, AJ Brown at sixty five hundred, Keenan Allen at sixty five hundred dollars, Chris Godwin at sixty three, CD Lamb at sixty two hundred, Brandon Cook sixty one, Amari sixty one hundred, Chase Claypool six k, and Amari Cooper or Cooper Odell Beckham at six k. What are we doing
3: at wide receiver this week? Oh uh, well, wide receiver I feel like is is the tricky spot this week when you know normally. Uh, it, I feel like we can kind of pinpoint some spots that we like, but I mean, outside of obviously Devonte Adams at the top against Cincinnati, uh, you know, you can play him as the run back stack him in green Bay stacks, or just play him as a one-off because I mean, he's got, <laughs> he's got 130 yards and, and two touchdown and, and 10 reception upside in any game that he plays, especially against Cincinnati who has been very good against the run. So I'm expecting green Bay to pass a lot this game. Uh the fact that they should not be able to be very efficient on the ground. So I really like Adams. And then if we think Dalvin Cook is going to be banged up, uh, maybe maybe Minnesota has to turn to the pass more, chooses to turn the, to the pass a little bit more. We know how bad that that Detroit pass defense is. We've been attacking them all year long, and, and Justin Jefferson is the perfect type of receiver to absolutely shred them through the air. Um, and then how good has DJ Moore been through four weeks? Uh, You know, we thought he couldn't get any better than than he had been in weeks one through three. And then he drops a 35 burger on us last week uh, playing against Dallas. So uh, Philly plays a ton of zone zone coverage, uh, which is what, you know, Dallas plays a hybrid of zone zone coverage. And uh, Houston, uh, they're a a team that that DJ Moore had success success against in week two as well. Uh, They play a good amount of zone coverage, too. So uh, I think that DJ Moore is, is due for another big week here. Uh, and he may go a little overlooked because of that $7,500 price tag. And, and I think that that's kind of a mistake. So um, I think he's definitely in play up there at the top. Uh, Debo Samuel's been the alpha in San Francisco this year. He's got 12, 8, 10, and 12 targets uh, playing in, in, against a game against Arizona that they should be trailing uh, or or it turns into a shootout. You know, I think Trey Lance offers immense upside in that offense, uh, way more than what Garoppolo uh, offers just from his dual threat ability. So, uh, I really like, you know, these past catchers for San Francisco and, and it starts with Debo cause he's been the alpha there. Um, and then after that, I'm, I'm heavy on Tampa Bay this week. I think they they might go overlooked a little bit because you know, the, the narrative is that Miami has these really good corners. Well, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, both, uh, have been, you know, not great this year, allowing around a hundred passer rating for both of them. So, uh, this Tampa Bay offense, no, we know that they're going to throw the ball a ton. And it, have you seen, is Gronk coming back? That's the one injury that I have not uh, kept up with this week, if he's back this week or not. But uh, we saw the the heavy involvement from Mike Evans last week with no Gronk, especially, you know, down in the red zone, not having Gronk available. Gronk yeah, is doubtful. Doubtful. Okay, yeah. So that makes me like Mike Evans even more. Um and people may be scared off because of the cornerback matchup, but that's – I I don't think that that's something you should be worried about a ton. So I do like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin this week, Uh, and we've always attacked slots against Miami anyways, so definitely Chris Godwin uh, here in this matchup. Um, But outside of that, uh, it looks like CeeDee Lamb is going to be the the overlooked wide receiver coming out of that Dallas game, and I think that's a mistake because we know what Lamb's upside is. He's got 25- to 30-point upside. Uh, he's just kind of had a a down week the last two weeks. And I think, you know, a lot of recency biases on that and people ignore, you know, the first two weeks that he had uh, week one, he crushed against Tampa Bay, even though Amari Cooper also smashed that game. So I, I like CD lamb here uh, against the giants uh, where there's, their outside corners are better than their slot corner. So I'm curious what kind of value guys you are on because I, I'm finding a lot of interest. Oh, I do I do have one one value guy I want to touch on. Uh, Devontae Parker at 5,400 is going to be going up against Pierre Desir, who will be starting for Carlton Davis, who's on IR for two to four weeks with a quad injury. Uh, Desir allowed a 78% catch rate and 115 passer rating and five touchdowns in only eight games last year with the Jets. Uh, he's played very limited action the last two years. Got his first action last week because of the injury to Carlton Davis. He allowed all three targets on him to be caught. Um, and you've got Devontae Parker, who's getting 22% of the air yards, 39% of, or 22% of the targets, 39% of the air yards, getting eight targets a game and 105 air yards per game. And Will Fuller just got put on IR for the Dolphins as well. So. I'm expecting uh, Parker and Waddle to be the main passing attack there, and with Tampa Bay being on z- cornerbacks five and six uh, in in their cornerback room and, and pulling guys off the street pretty much uh, like Richard Sherman, it's. I think the Dolphins are going to be able to put up a, a bunch of points through the air against Tampa Bay, and and we know that Tampa Bay is going to be able to score against Miami as well. So I really like that game as a whole, and, and Devontae Parker stands out for me there. I don't mind that,
2: that call. Um, he, I don't think he has a high ceiling, but you don't really need much of a ceiling. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it's not like you need him to score 30 or anything like that. Um, if I'm going to pay down at wide receiver, um, one value wide receiver that I really like is all the way down to the 3K range, and that's Kadarius Toney. Uh He was targeted nine times last week. The Giants are probably going to be without Sterling Shepard again this week, and Darius Slayton, which you know, I mean, Kenny Galladay will still be out there, but I think Kenny Galladay probably draws coverage from Trevon Diggs, who has been just absolutely incredible this year, a top up top ten, a top ten corner, and so I think we could see a lot of uh, targets for Saquon again, but also Kadarius Tony in a matchup that they're going to have to throw the ball. I mean, like I said, he was targeted nine times, and and so I, I like him as you know as somebody who I think is going to get a lot of volume and. I think they're, you know, he's a guy that they're going to try to manufacture touches for, you know, at his price as price range. It's really, uh, really enticing, especially in a game that that looks to be a little bit more of a shootout here um, in this matchup with them. So I don't mind him. He is 4K, um, you know, going against Dallas. So I do not mind Kadarius Tony if you're wanting to pay down at wide receiver but so for me the guys that i really want to play uh well uh surprise surprise not shocking is dj moore 7500 the guy just absolutely smashes every single game he's had double del- d- double digit uh targets and three of the four games they played this year and just continues to dominate you know uh for carolina so i like him and jamar chase how in the fuck is jamar chase only 58 Hundred dollars, like it. I mean, I know they played. Uh, well, I guess it doesn't even matter. They didn't. They didn't play Sunday or, or Monday night. They played uh, Thursday. But Jamar Chase at fifty eight hundred makes zero sense to me, especially if Jair Alexander is going to be out. Even if Jair Alexander plays, it really doesn't worry me that much. Because he's gonna be in uh, one of those slings, so he's gonna be limited in terms of what he can do on the field. So if even if Alexander plays, I still do not mind Jamar Chase at fifty eight hundred. He has been a baller so far this year, you know, scoring you know a lot of deep targets and on deep touchdowns. And I know T Higgins is expected to be back, but I'm still not worried about it. He has a twenty four percent target share, but he has a forty six point five percent market share of the air which is fifth most among all wide receivers. So I like. Jamar Chase quite a bit this week, and so at fifty eight hundred, I'm going to be jamming him into my lineups at that price tag. um Some other guys, AJ Brown, Keenan Allen. I hate myself, but I'm going to keep going back to the well. I know AJ Brown's been out, but I think especially if Julio Jones is out, and if as long as AJ Brown plays, he very well could see fifteen targets in this game. They have nobody else to throw the ball to. And so I love A.J. Brown in this matchup against Jacksonville at $6,500. I think I can see people saying, you know, not wanting to go with him, but I love him. And then Keenan Allen at $6,500, uh, you know, he hasn't really, you know, hit so far this year. He's been good. He has not really been great. Um, his best his best game came week one uh, where he had 22 DK points. But other than that, he's been 10, 19, and 17. So, but I, at sixty five at that price tag, sixty five k or uh, yeah, sixty five hundred dollars, it is hard, really hard, not to love that price tag for him. What are you are you playing Allen Robinson this week
3: at fifty five hundred? Oh, I want to. Um, the thing with Robinson is, I mean, he's just not getting any deep targets. So, like, he's got a good, you know, target share uh like he's getting 24 percent of the targets and 29 percent of the air yards but um i mean even if we look at just week the one week with justin fields starting last week uh he got 18 percent of the targets and 23 percent of the air yards and he's i mean it's his a dot was deep last week so fields actually did throw the ball deep um in week four i mean Mooney had an A out of 17 commit had an A out of 21 and Robinson had an A out of 18. So it really is, I guess the, the weeks one through three that are bringing their, you know, their depths of targets down. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you have to have interest in Allen Robinson here, don't you? Cause I, I, I feel like everybody's going to play uh, Darnell Mooney after his big week last week, and that very easily could be the Allen Robinson week. We see this, this week at a depressed price.
2: Oh yeah. Nobody's playing on Robinson. I don't care. No, he has done absolutely nothing and nobody's playing on Robinson. He's only 5,500. I have some interest at that price tag. He doesn't need to do a ton. I don't think he's going to burn you. And I think a big week is coming for him. You know, a big eight for one 20 and two, like it's coming. And it very well could be this week against LA. So I I don't mind Allen Robinson. I I definitely think there's some, obviously some risk there to it. Um, But at 5,500, uh, it, it's hard not to at least be interested in. And I am shocked that I'm not nearly as excited to play Brandon Ayuk, even at, at his price tag. He's at like
3: $4,500, right? He's burned me so many times already He this has. Year. I
2: continue to jam him in thinking that he is going to turn it around and that he is going to you know take off, and it just hasn't happened yet. And I'm starting to think it might
3: not happen, at least unless an injury comes for Debo. Yeah. And I, I think that was when we saw Ayuk crushing last year, wasn't it when Debo was out with an injury. So, I mean, Debo has been the alpha there in that offense. So until, yeah, until I, shows me that he can burn me. Um, I, you know, I think it's just a, f- a flash in the pan from last year right now. And I think Lance is going to lean on Kittle and, and Debo um, as he should. And, and with his rushing upside, you know, that offense likes to run the ball anyways. And, and with Lance's rushing upside, you know, maybe we see lower, lower pass volume than we already do. That's a low pass volume offense. So uh, yeah, I, I think I'm out on IU.
2: Yeah. I'm sure I will jump off him and he'll go out this week. And Probably. So yeah. everybody play IU this week. Yeah. That's, that's how it works. Uh, You <laughs> know, you, you try to ride with somebody for as long as you can. And then you, as soon as you get off, that's when they all of a sudden yep. go off. So um, other than that, like, I don't really like. I said, I I really enjoy, I think Marvin Jones is one hundred percent in play at that price tag against Tennessee at fifty seven hundred. Uh, you know, him and Chenault, I think, are both in play, and then Jacoby Myers. I think Jacoby Myers scores a touchdown this week. It is coming for him. Uh, I he didn't have a touchdown last year. He does not have one this year. He's getting red zone targets, but he just does not have a score. I think he definitely could do that this week against Houston at only fifty six hundred. So I don't mind him either. Other than that. That's kind of where I'm coming in at wide receiver, you know, um, definitely, you know, in terms of the top guys, I want DJ Moore. I love Terry McLaurin too. I think he's in play. If I'm going to play a chargers wide receiver, it's going to be Keenan Allen because of the price gap at 6,500 to $7,200, that is Mike Williams. And then AJ Brown up here at $6,500. If he's back, I'm locking him in. So do you have any, uh, Oh, excuse me. And Jamar chase are kind of my locks at $5,800. Is there anybody else that you're, uh, that you want to talk
3: about? Or you want to jump over to tight end? No, I just those the Cincinnati guys, uh, mainly Higgins and Chase and then Devontae Parker. That's that's those are going to be my quote unquote value guys. I know they're in the five K range, but I just don't really see myself gravitating towards any of those three K or four K guys this week. So um, I, I think that's where I'm going to end up. I think I'm going to have really balanced builds based on, you know, how these matchups and, and, and upside look for running back and wide receiver. Like we talked about multiple 6K running backs, and now we're talking about multiple 5 to 7K wide receivers. So I, I'm thinking that I'm going to end up with a pretty balanced build uh, this week outside of CMC. Uh,
2: well, lito you know, Randall Cobb at 4K is a cheap play. I don't mind him, but I just feel, also feel like you're kind of chasing uh, last week's production of the two touchdowns that he had um yeah he, he was targeted six times you know he's obviously aaron Rodgers' guy i don't mind it at, at his price tag considering he's only 4k but i'm not actively going out and like thinking i have to slam him into lineups because i do think there are some other options right around there that i think you could at least take a look at you know like i already mentioned Carry is tony at 4k Um, he's not gonna have any ownership either and i really don't mind that if you want to include randall cobb and kind of a game stack if that's what you want to do with you know, um, I don't mind it, but uh, it's probably a little thin, and I don't think he has an incredible upside either or incredible ceiling either.
3: Yeah, I, I think that's actually a good segue into tight end because I actually like Robert Tanyan uh, this week for Green Bay. Uh, Kevin, I know you're you're on Aaron Rodgers. So uh, last week, just looking at last week without MBS, uh, Devontae Adams got 31% of the targets. Uh, he led the team, obviously. Then second was Tanyan with 20 and then third was Cobb with 17. And then Aaron Jones had 11. So you're looking at a pretty concentrated offense. Uh, you know, we thought Lazard might be involved, but he only got 8% of the targets. Um, so Tanyan had 20% of the targets and 26% of the air yards. He got 83 air yards last week and an dot of 12. So uh, he's not just a, a check down tight end. I mean, they're using him down the seam, stretching the field. Uh, and, and had our boy Dan Arnold not gotten tackled, uh, with a flag in the end zone last week uh, against Cincinnati, you know, we would be kind of be talking about how this is a, a solid matchup for tight ends against Cincinnati. Um, Cause I mean, Dan Arnold in his first week with Jacksonville like three days after he got traded, uh, you know, he put up solid production as a good pass catching tight end um, and, and it could have been better production as well. So uh, I like Tanyan this week outside of that. I mean, obviously you can play uh Waller up top. Uh, even though he's 7,300 going against Chicago. I mean, he's he's just so heavily utilizing that offense, uh, and he's just an absolute monster and very hard to cover. So, Waller's in play any any week. He's just like Travis Kelsey pretty much. Um, Kittle, 5,600, we talked about. Trey Lance uh, should be the starting quarterback this week, and, and he should look to lean on Kittle uh, against Arizona. So, I, you know, I'm expecting them to throw a lot if they're playing from behind, Um, so yeah Kittle is definitely a main piece there for San Francisco Uh, we talked about you know how bad that that Minnesota defense is so Hawkinson's currently listed as questionable but he's getting in limited practices Uh, he is their main pass catcher there on offense I mean 11 9 2 and 8 targets in in his first four weeks this year definitely a high volume guy Um, outside of that I mean yeah, it's, it's really Tanyan at 4,300, and then I do have interest in, in Mike Gasicki uh, in a game that Miami should have to throw a lot to, one, keep up with the 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 Bucks on the other side, and, two, it is a pass funnel facing Tampa Bay as their run defense is one of the best in the league. So uh, I think Gasicki's interesting at 4,200 as well.
2: Uh, yeah, you – take the words he's only 4200 exactly what i was going to talk about he's sixth in routes run, routes run among all tight ends he's also second in air yard share with 24.2 percent he's also seventh uh seventh in deep targets as well among all tight ends with a 17.8 target share but really uh it would act, i think it would actually be a lot higher than that had we you take out that week one where he only ran 14 routes and was only targeted two times because since uh you know, Since then, he's run 36, 37, and 24 routes over the last three weeks. And you know, over the last two weeks, he's really kind of taken off with 18.6 and 16.7 over the last two weeks of the, uh, that he's played. So I I, I do like Mike Kosicki, um, I think, uh, a fair amount, especially at his price tag of $4,200 if you're wanting to pay down a little bit. So I do like him. I don't mind Dalton Schultz, but I think Dalton Schultz is going to carry a lot of ownership because of the game script, the game. And what he's done the last few weeks. Uh, So I don't mind him at 4,400, but I think I would rather just pivot to either Tanyan or Gasecki at at tight end. I think they make a little bit more sense and they're not going to carry nearly the ownership there. Um, In terms of... So Darren Waller's been kind of interesting because he had that first week, right, where he it was like Derek Carr targeted him like the entire game. He had 19 targets. But since then... He's gotten seven targets a game, seven, seven, 7 in each of those games. And so he, last week he was kind of bailed out a little bit because he scored a touchdown. And so he had 15, uh, 15 points last week. But, I mean, everything else is there. He's number one in routes one. He is number one in route participation. He's first in targets. He's first in air yard share, like literally across the board. He's first in red zone targets, first in deep targets. Like all of it's there. He just hasn't hit, right? And I think that the way that I can see this week going, I don't think a lot of people are going to be on Darren Waller, at least not enough, not enough to where I think people, uh, where, where it's going to take him where he, I think he's going to be ridiculously high owned. Because of, I think people are going to want to play Derrick Henry, people are going to want to uh, pay up for this this Dallas, uh, you know, this Dallas game, and so I just don't think Darren Waller is going to be as highly owned as he should be. And he is kind of the Travis Kelsey of this slate. Now, does that mean he can't burn you? No, I had a lot of Travis Kelsey last week. <laughs> Me too. Thankfully, I also had some ty- Tyree Kill in there that kind of balanced it out a little bit. But, yes, I was very, very high on uh, Travis Kelsey last week, and that did not pay off. But other than that, I don't really have anything else to talk about the tight ends. Um, if you really want to pay down, I really don't mind Dan Arnold. I think he's kind of sneaky. Last week, I was really surprised. I remember I was talking about that in our little chat we have uh, about Dan Arnold and how much he was being utilized. Whenever he'd only been there for like two days, you know. And so, I, you know, they really utilize tight ends in this offense. So, Darren, I, you know, we always want to play Dan Arnold anytime we can. He is, uh, you know, uh, a DFS DJ Nation show legend. Uh but at 2,900, I don't mind that in the matchup that he's going to get.
3: Yeah. I, I'm I'm fine with that. Um I think this is a week that I'm probably going to end up paying down for the most part. And I'm probably going to live in the good uh 4,200 and tiny 4,300 range. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't mind that because Dan Arnold can easily catch a touchdown and, and match those guys.
2: Yeah. And then I think last but not least, I think Jared cook, I think it's, he's at least interesting. Um, but uh, I just don't know what you know what that game looks like in, in terms of uh, is it a blow-up spot, is it a, a slow-paced game. I don't yeah, know. I think
3: the Cleveland defense has been playing good, and, and so has the Chargers defense. I mean, the Chargers defense just plays bend, don't break. And, and I think, you know, Cleveland is going to try to run the ball a lot. And, and with how good the Cleveland defense has been, um, you know, I, I think that, that clock is just going to bleed, and it's going to be a lower-scoring game. Uh, than maybe what some people would predict it to be. So, because uh, there are, there are some good matchups on both sides of the ball there, and in, in, Cle- in the Cleveland Charger game, but um, at the same time, I just think it it sets up for a a lower scoring, uh, good good running game, especially for Cleveland. So,
2: yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and jump over to the defenses. Moving right along here. We have the Patriots at 4900, the Bucks at 4700, <laughs>
3: 4900 for our defense. That's crazy.
2: Yeah, get all the way the F out of here with that. Like uh, no thank you. Or the Bucks, or the Bear, or the Broncos at 4200. No thank you. Uh the Titans at 3800, the Packers are 35, the Panthers are 34, Steelers at 3300, the Bears are 3200, the Saints are 31, and the Vikings are 3k. Now if you want to go down here like we always do, and pay down for one of these bottom feeder defenses. Where are you going to see? Because I kind of, you know, I don't mind playing Washington football team. I know their secondary hasn't been very good. But at $2,300, you know, Jameis has known to, you know, turn the ball over a little bit. I don't mind that.
3: Yeah, it's going to be an ownership thing for me because they are the one that stick off the page. It, it's like that. The same thing with the Bengals two weeks ago, right? When they were twenty one hundred or whatever, and we just jammed them in. I think it, that you just play Washington at twenty three hundred against Jameis at home, um, and then if but if they're like going to come in, you know, 35 percent owned, where it's just outrageous. I don't mind Jacksonville, um, men Price at home against Tennessee, a banged up Tennessee offense.
2: Yeah, I don't mind that either. Um, other than that, you know, I know, I know. It's not really exciting, but like, you know, for the defense, I'm just I really just look to pay down. I build the rest of my lineup and whatever comes in there, if I have yep. enough to get, you know, it in there, I'll go with it. If not, you know, give me the Jags at twenty one hundred dollars. Like
3: I played you know, the Jets last week.
2: Oh, I did too. At I, price. I, I, yeah. yeah. Paid off. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't add. So other than that, you ready to build this lineup? Yeah, let's build a team.
3: All right. Well, why why don't you start us off? How about you start us off? I've started the last three weeks. We we need. I need some juju. Switch switch up some juju for me. I need some good voodoo going in this week.
2: All right. Well, I'm gonna make it easy. Christian McCaffrey, fucking man. Oh
3: come on. I would have done that.
2: All right. Fine. Well,
3: well, I'll, I'll leave. No, you. no, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, let's go. Uh, let's go with the game you like. I'm just gonna play the other side. Let's go, with Joe Burrow, and we'll stack it up this way.
2: Okay, I know. I have an idea
3: how this is going to go.
2: I'm going to lock in AJ, or excuse me. uh, I'm going to put in Jamar Chase.
3: Okay, and I'll do T. Higgins to round out the stack. All right, I'm going to go James Robinson at running back. All right, and then I'm going. Actually, let's wait on the Green Bay run back because we could do either Tanyan or Devontae based on how we play this. Okay. So, James, so you're going James Robinson. So that leaves 4600 per. So let's go ahead. Let's just do the Jags defense for now. And let's play with this and see what see what we got here.
2: I am going to go with the little mini stack and I'm going to go AJ Brown.
3: Ooh, I actually like that. Mini stack. Okay, so that leaves forty nine hundred per position, with tight end and flex remaining. We can't play Devonte Adams because that leaves us sixteen hundred left for tight end. So we need to go in here at tight end, and then you can have the flex, fifty five hundred flex, which is Harris or Allen Robinson, pretty much, or Devonte Parker. So my vote, my vote out of those two would be Allen Robinson or or Parker. Let's ride. Let's ride.
2: Let's lock in Allen Robinson. So, Let's do it. I so like the that Ross. Team. So the, the lineup here is Joe Burrow at 6,100. Chris McCaffrey at 8,700. James Robinson at 6K. Jamar Chase, 5,800. T. Higgins, A.J. Brown, Robert Tanyan, Al Robinson. Jags, defense. We are locking that in. We will make any changes if Chris McCaffrey does not play or T. Higgins. We'll make some changes, and we'll drop that in our Discord so if you you know if you are on Discord and you are not yet involved in the the, the, the DFS uh, channel, go ahead, jump in there. It's absolutely free. You can go to any of our YouTube channels, any YouTube video for uh, the Fantasy Authority, and you will find a link to our Discord, and you can jump into the DFS channel. And you know uh, we will we'll be dropping the lineup in there. If anything changes, uh, we'll you know we'll make the changes and put it in there. It'd be the perk of being in the Discord. It's absolutely free, so there's really no excuse not to join. Um, so and like I said, you know you have a lot. We have. I will say this: the Discord has been popping. You know, it is always going. It is it is taking on a life of its own. It does not need us to run it anymore. Everybody's in there talking, answering questions, doing all kinds of stuff. So whether you play DFS, you know, or redraft, or dynasty, or whatever your you know your your enjoyment is of fantasy football there is something in there for you we also have a player prop channel as well that's popping as well so with that being said you know i hope everybody has a great week five uh you know let's win that money this week and you know we will see you guys again next week for week six win that money boys we out
0: you think you can tell me what to do know who you're talking to the the war about I see what you got Adventures and out but that's a great boy. Yeah. That's a great little man. Break it down Think you're right now Think you're right now. Think, you're right now. think you're a big man <laughs> You like your little man to